Welcome to The Omnibus Show, a program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. And now, your host, Dave Gibbs. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Omnibus Show, the program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. Today's guest is Amy Pozak, who's just a multi-talented woman, uh, who is a producer, photographer, publicist, and talent scout. You do it all. Yeah, I try. Well, Amy, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Um, You have shows that have been on PBS. You've been through all these film um, festival awards. and as well, you work with uh, Talent Fusion in mm-hmm. town, in the city. And um, so you're working with a lot of talent locally. Um, why don't we just go through it? Um, as a producer, you've been, can you tell us about um, your leading projects, your films? Well, I think it's important to say actually what I started out with, and that kind of got me to Talent Fusion and being a producer. Okay. Um, is. I started it when I was seven years old. Um, we lived down the street from uh, the head of the Starlight Musicals, which is kind of like Broadway. And he used to say, get that little one. We want the little one. And so, um, I, you know, my first show or my experience in any type of, like, setting was in The Music Man with Peter Marshall from uh, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares, Yeah. yeah. And then it went to Ed Ames and Shenandoah, and then it just continued on. And, and they actually wanted me to continue on with them. But because of my age and I come from a family, there's six kids in our family, and it just you know wouldn't work. Um, but um, so, yeah, so uh, I, I would say what happened is a friend of mine was doing an independent film, and it was actually a horror film. And she said, Amy, you're so, everybody loves you. You're so funny all the time, and you're always trying to do things for people. I want to catch you as a really mean person, just <laughs> as a quick thing. So I was like, okay. She needed somebody. She needed somebody. Yeah. So my one line was, no solicitors. And I remember I kept slamming. I kept, no solicitation. And everybody was laughing. I finally got it. And um, it was just something really fun to do. And I thought, this is kind of neat. you know. And so... Then her second film, she was doing a sci-fi, and she said, I want to cast you as the mean secretary. And so she I She had was, it in for she you. She had it in for me because I think she was like, I think it would be funny that people know you. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, Amy's so snotty in this picture. Uh, so um, anyways, and so during that process, I was at a meeting, and she had this list. Because when you're a producer... I mean, you really do everything. Like, you have to set up the interviews. You have to set up, you know, the times. You, you, you know, you set up everything. And um, so I was looking at this list, and I never forget she had this, like, a catering uh, for the actors. And, you know, this was, like, probably 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so you were lucky if you were on a set and you got a cold piece of pizza. I mean, that was, like, okay. a big thing. And so, but it was like really a lot of money. And I said, you know, we could get this donated. And they were like, oh, Amy, no, there's no way. And so I just started to contact people I know. And by the, the by the time we started this film, 
I had everybody from like Olive Garden to, you know, Red Lobster to Greek's Pizza here. I mean, they showed up with huge, huge, like full meals. And that whole cast, I mean, I was like the queen of the set because they were all excited. Um, and then that's kind of what catapulted from that because people were like, Amy, could you produce our film? Huh, and we need food. <laughs> we need food. And I was sort of like, so, you know, I kind of got into it. And I do, um, I have been in several films. I, I really just like to be an extra. I think my part in life is always about the experience and to see other people shine. And so um, I just had fun doing that. And then what happened was I was contacted to do a documentary film um, down in Oldenburg, Indiana. And it was called A Sign of the Cross. Debbie Knox, who is a... Um, News anchor. Anchor here. She was our narrator. I did it with a, a friend, um, uh, Andy Murphy, and we went down there. She wanted to do something on the nuns to really highlight what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And and not that this matters, but I am Catholic, so I was very interested. We went down there, and it was, it was so strange because there's like this wall around there that it's this uh, convent. And it took us a long time to actually kind of get in there because when you're making an external wall or yeah, well, not wall? to get in the wall, but like uh, they had to really like we had to have interviews and interviews with these nuns, and it's a trust issue. Um, of course. So it's a documentary, right? Yeah. And and so I think that was when we completed it, and we had it on uh, PBS, and. Um, these sisters are also part of the Marion um, University. So we had some screenings there and it just gained a lot of publicity. And it, to me, that's what made me think like, this is real. Like we are making a documentary that's gonna highlight these sisters for what they did and, 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 and really give a picture. So people, you know, they might think the nuns like, you know, with a ruler like mean, you know, this and that. It's like what they did, they go on these voyages and they do these, you know, amazing things. And I was hooked. And so after we did that, it's just kind of a process. Then somebody came to me and they said, listen, we know of this local ALS survivor. Her name is Jenny Brubitsky. And I want to do a short. She only has a certain amount of time that she's gonna be living uh, because of this horrible disease. And you know, to be honest, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what ALS was. I thought it was like MS and I was looking it up and I didn't know, but I knew Jenny because I am have been heavily involved with the Heartland Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So I knew her from there. And um, so I went and then we started to do this process, but we were, I mean, the funny thing is, is that we got a group from Carmel High School, some mm -hmm. young kids, to actually film it because one, that gives them an experience. And number two, we were trying to get a crew just to get this done. Mm. And um, so we we came up with a short film, 17 minutes long. And all of a sudden we started putting in a film cessals. It started winning, winning, winning. It won at Heartland. We won, mm. you know, Audience Choice Award. And then, you know... Um, and it's this wonderful story about this, this courageous and just phenomenal young lady who was a mother and, and you know, she has her husband. Mm -hmm. 
And to me, I just sat there and I thought, wow, you know, this, she's, she's going to pass away. Like she might, you know, she only has like a year to live, they told her. But I thought what was interesting and I took away from it is she said one thing to me and she says it in our film, you know, she said, um, like to, to give is to receive and to receive is to give or to, is to get. And so if you think about that, you know, when you give something, you're going to receive it. But when you're receiving that, you're giving back. And that was when I realized, like, this is where I need to be. I don't need to be making horror movies or comedy movies or sci-fi movies. Um, this is about making films that are going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And people are going to learn something. They're going to, like, for me, I, I learned all about ALS. You know, I... I I, I realized that there's boundaries with people and how they do this. And so... And what was the title of that? That, this, that movie was called um, Grateful, uh -huh. um, the Jenny Berbitzi story. And um, the other thing that's funny, too, is I mentioned, you know, I'm Catholic. They were Jewish. So we put it in Jewish film festivals. So for me, it was so exciting because, I mean, I got to really learn another, you know, religion. And... Um, just kind of see, you know, and, and another thing that's funny I have to say is when you do a documentary, like I said, you kind of form a small family. Sure. And then well, they, it's like you said, trust. It's a personal right. connection. Because they're going to give you all of their personal, you know, the, the gloves are off and they kind of sign on that, you know, they'll do it. And as a filmmaker, you know, you want to respect the rights, but you want to tell the truth. Right. And so I have to say one thing I always think is funny about Grateful is that when we first started doing it, Jenny's mom didn't know me. And, you know, here's this person that came on at the, kind of like at the last minute to help and get it going and kind of came in there. And and so they listed me as a producer, executive producer. And they, they didn't list her. And she's the mom. And she's still doing it like a lot of stuff. Sure. And so I had kind of a back and forth with the director, like, we need to give her an executive producer title because she's big on it. And so it was funny because at first it wasn't like we didn't like each other. I think she's like, who is this person coming into my personal family, sure. you know, tr in my personal space, talking about my daughter, and we don't really know her other than Heartland. And it comes out that Joyce, Jenny's mom, not only did I have a wonderful relationship with Jenny before she passed, mm. But Joyce and I have been best friends, and we still are today. I mean, we are like Lucy and Ethel, Matt and Jeff. I mean, <laughs> Thelma and Louise. Yeah, okay. so, you know, that's what I mean. I just like that. Just you know, don't drive on bridges. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I, I just think it's neat with, yeah, I think it's really interesting that you you form this bond of these people you don't know, yes. and then you leave with that. But, mm. um, you know, and then after that and it had a lot of success and that was a short film 17 minutes um then i was a i everyone kept saying amy what's your next film what's your next film and i was like i don't know and i didn't want to go from this top of you know winning festivals all over the world all over the country to doing something that didn't really matter just to make a film so i sat on it for a long time and then what happened the next film was um, a film called The Addict's Wake. Mm -hmm. And that happened, that was like an aha moment because 
Uh, I went to a funeral, a family friend of our funeral, and um, the uh, I asked where our friend's daughter was because we grew up with them, and she lives in Carmel, Indiana, and she said, "Oh, Amy, she's at another funeral," and I was like, "Oh, you know, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that." And she said, there's been five. And so then our funeral started. So I went home, I looked at her Facebook page and she had like 500 comments. Like, wow, I cannot believe this is addiction. I cannot believe this has happened. How could this happen here? And how could this happen to young people? Mm -hmm. Because five young, uh, five young individuals um, had passed away from addiction. Mm -hmm. And that was my moment. I thought, okay, that's my film. So what I did is, as a producer, not even having anything to do, I um, started to go down her list. Uh, one thing that I always will do is if I make a film, I want to have like a nonprofit or something so that the proceeds will help like ALS or mm -hmm. addiction or, you know, whoever. Sure. So I was looking and I found, I saw this, um, this post and somebody said, you know, uh, you should look into do something. And it was down in Nashville, Brown County, Indiana. I didn't know the girl at all. I just messaged her. She messaged back. We ended up knowing each other through our families. Mm. She had, her name is uh, Lisa Hall. She didn't know anything. She just graduated from college. She didn't really know anything, but she, um, uh, she married, uh, went down there. We met and she was like, I want to make this movie. And I said, I do too. So we wanted to find a director. And I knew the perfect director, Michael Hussein, who also helped us with the, with the, uh, um, the sign of the cross yeah. in some capacity. Um, so she said, Michael Hussein? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh my God, he was like one of my friends in IU. So that was just like, so we called Michael, Michael said it on it. And then we started our journey. And we have made this wonderful film um, and has uh, goes by three different stories, but it just focuses on how hard it is to deal with addiction. It also deals with forgiveness and um, it, it just will give you, it's all of the films I've made, they, they're not super sad, but they have a point and Sure. You're going to learn something from it. You're going to realize. And all of the films I've done, there's always a focal point where somebody will touch somebody's heart. And then when I see the audience in tears because they were touched, I know that we did our job. Sure. So the Addicts Wake, uh, the exciting thing about the Addicts Wake is Lisa, um, she just used our sources. She worked really hard. We had, uh, we've gone to film festivals. We won. We actually won at Heartland again. It's my favorite film festival, as you can tell. Of course. <laughs> we uh, we won um, best picture and also um, Audience Choice Award. And um, so after that, we decided to put it in some film festivals. We did really well. But then we started to have people wanting to know, like we had Anthem on board and some big companies. And that what they wanted to do is take the film and then have their employees watch it. And then, um, you know, or we could screen it or we would have different screenings all over the state. And we really liked that because we realized it was an opportunity for people to really understand addiction and to really, you know, maybe have a different heart or a different look into it. Um, so 
a lot of the people that were in it, they would travel. Um, but at the same time, uh, Lisa was great, and we, we, we got back on PBS, but we just did it national. So that film, Addict's Wake, I think was probably filmed and, I mean, was shown, screened in almost every single, every single state in, in here. Mm -hmm. So that was a big accomplishment. And I still was really working hard on that, but it the the next film that actually happened kind of in the midst of everything is mm -hmm. I had I remember I was right before COVID super sick had it three times mm. and I was in the hospital and I was looking at my iPad and there's this family the Cosine family um, they own like Mimi Blues or the big construction known here in Indiana and I'm friends you know with um, Jerry and David their brothers and. I'm sitting there and I see this brilliant short film about Nancy Noel, who is uh, just one of the most profound, amazing female artists, but she's also a big philanthropist. Mm -hmm. And I and what they did is they made this short on her that the one of the sons, Alex Cosine, and I was watching it and I was in the hospital bed. I thought, oh my god, this is incredible. And I knew of her. I'm a photographer, so I've had taken her pictures. Mm -hmm. But I just was like, man, this is this is awesome. So I, I was in the hospital. I got on the phone, and I called Jerry, and I said, I got to meet your son, Alex. Please have him get that off the Internet, because this would be good for, like, film festivals. So he was like, yeah, okay, you know. And so he six months later, mm -hmm. Alex lives in New York, hems up Indiana, have a interview with Michael, the other son, and then, um, and then Jerry, and then Kathy's the manager of uh, Nancy Noel, and we decided to make a feature film. And so we, our mind was, we wanted it in Heartland because of the location. And so we got it in, um, it won an Audience Choice Award. We were super thrilled only for the fact that you know, here's two sons, but the one son actually made it, Alex. And, you know, he had to make a story about his mom that passed away of cancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, but in the meantime, learning everything she did, um, you know, she, like I said, she's a philanthropist. She has a school name. She just opened a school in Africa. I mean, she helped with the AIDS Foundation. She, 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 I mean, some of this, I kind of laugh because, I was just, I can't believe how many celebrities know her and have her paintings. And the thing that's so nice is Alex and Michael, her sons, they're just so every day, you know, mm -hmm. like they don't, you know, it's, you know, they're just the, the nicest uh, people I know. Uh, so what's funny, I think, about the Nancy Noel project is that it was tricky because I'm an indie and Alex is in New York. And then our editor, Sammy Muskokin, he lives in London. So I think the thing that was so different for me is... Zoom being, call. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And that's what it was. And then, you know, sometimes Sammy would be like, you know, it'd be a time difference. And so, you know, we'd be up so late. And I think what was really nice is, so Sammy and Alex work together. They have a company in New York called Third Strand. Um, very successful. So they let me come in, and we just kind of had this threesome that just made this incredible film. 
Um, and we included local people here from Indiana, like Patty Spittler was in it. I mean, um, Janelle Morrison from the Carmel Monthly was in it. I mean, uh, people that knew her. And uh, we had one of my friends, Mel, I just have to say this, because this is like, so I, I do photography and I was at a media event for the Indiana, for the Indiana State Fair and I saw Mel and I gave her a hug and talking to her. And she said, what's your next film, Amy? And I said, I'm doing something with Nancy Noel. Well, she looked at me and she started bawling. And this is like during the fair with all this stuff going around. And I said, are you okay? And she said, I've got to tell you. So she told us, she told me during all this commotion about the loss of her daughter and how she found comfort in a Nancy Noel painting. Mm -hmm. So I hurried up because our film was basically done. I called Alex. I said, we have to get this girl in this film. Mm -hmm. And we did. And the funny, not the funny thing, but the interesting thing is, is uh, every time we show it, the audience is just bawling because she has such a, a touching story. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's that's basically it right now. And um, I I know I went from just, you know, being small, mean lady to something that I enjoy, which is going to make a difference for people. Sure. Wow. <clears throat> that, that's just a whole, <laughs> you know, series of, of experience. Um, as I had um, mentioned off camera, my brother, my late brother had had a couple of her pictures. Yeah. And, um, and that was given to a very loyal friend. And um, they're really beautiful. They're angel angel pictures. Yeah. And um, he had um, known Nancy himself. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, there was an event in Zionsville. Um, it, it's been a while back, but yeah. So as you know, in Indiana, it's always someone knows somebody. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that will be uh, that'll be fascinating to watch. Well, that's it for chapter one of this episode of The Omnibus Show. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with filmmaker Amy Pawzak. Hello, and welcome back to chapter two of The Omnibus Show. This week, we're with Amy Pawzak, a filmmaker and multi-talented. She does many things. Um, getting into chapter two, before we go into uh, back on ideas of doing film, um, I'd love to learn more about your work as a talent scout with Talent Fusion. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, I work with Scott Tucker, and um, he owns Talent Fusion Agency. Uh, it's a modeling agency and acting agency. It's downtown at the Studs Building. It's been around for over 15 years. I think I've worked there for probably 13 years. Um, I started out as talent, um, and then uh, because of some of the connections I've had with the local communities with a lot of the work I do, um, I started telling him, like, well, what about this person, this person? So I started sending him in, and he was like, Amy, <laughs> I don't think you could do both, but you have a knack of knowing who would be good to, for commercial. What Talent Vision does is we supply the actors for, like, local commercials, regional and, and national, too, but mostly local. Um, like, say, if you see any, any Zoo or, like, a Hoosier Lottery, 
uh, most of those are our actors. And then uh, we also do print. And so, um, you know, maybe magazines and things like that. Some, somebody might just want to, like, a, you know, something to do with my watch, and they might just need something that has a beautiful arm. Um, so we will fill those Where'd needs. You get that watch? <laughs> <laughs> I got this watch at Apple. There you go. <laughs> I know. Um, fun <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I just kind of switched over, and because I also, you know, I've worked on so many movies, um, in the community, it's been a plus because, you know, a lot of times I'll have friends that are maybe doing a local movie and they'll say, Amy, I need these actors. And so I'll send them to Scott. And then um, what basically happens is, uh, like, for instance, if somebody wanted to, to maybe see about being in our agency, uh, that's professional. So you would come in and do like an audition. And then um, if we accept you and you sign with us, then like we would have your hair color, your eye color, your weight, your height. You know, we ask people like maybe you're good at juggling because that's not something that's really normal, but there might be somebody that needs a juggler. So we have that, all your things that you, you know, that you can do your resume. And then what we do is when a commercial calls somebody, a company, and they're, they're major companies and they need a breakdown. And so they might say somebody, we need somebody with, uh, we need a man that looks wonderful in a suit, that's gray hair, very sophisticated, and professional. I would automatically think Dave gives us the person right there. Well, thank so, you. So, Can I you have know, my, my water shaken and say not stirred? Um, yeah, so, so at any rate, you know, like I already kind of know some people, so I would tell Scott. But what we really do is we just like say if they wanted somebody with blonde hair, green eyes, certain height, day, you know, weight, um, then what we do is we go through what we have on our roster and then we send those to the clients and then they have the headshot and the information and then they decide like, oh, I like this person, this person. And then you go in for an audition and then that's how you get your job. Fascinating. <laughs> so when's the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I know we got to get you on our roster for sure. Wow. Well, thank you. Well, you know, back to um, filmmaking. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I was, um, I, um, I mentioned this to another guest before, but I wanted to be a movie director as a kid. My father took me and my, my brother Terry in our old station wagon to the Hammond 41, which is uh. the outdoor theater in Hammond, Indiana, where that's the town I was born in. And um, we saw Dr. Zhivago when I was yeah. two. Oh wow! And so, and but the process is this, and it's like you think, oh my gosh, it too, but it happened at two, where it had sort of um, David Lean was a filmmaker. My father liked David Lean movies, and there is a uh, the opening scene where you have the Ural Mountains and you have a funeral, a line of people going to the funeral of Zhivago's mother, and you have a little Orthodox cross from a church that's in this corner for framing. So yeah. it's, it's framed like that. And um, <clears throat> that that just an incredible cinematography. And then they go to the scene, and then they have the moments where the young Zhivago's there and just being, it's sort of like, you know, a child's you're open. Everything was coming, you know, was happening, and they do it real fast. So it's like that's a child's experience. And then they lower the mother down, and they're, they have a very. They must have had the microphones in, uh, down in the ground, because it was very loud, 
and and then the priest is 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 um is is doing his part with the the, the service and then everybody's sort of standing around very briefly they show the mother in the coffin oh. in the ground which that was the arrow to my head I, I don't i don't know how to explain it like that and then you got where he's going through this experience and then you know the whole thing with the the spirit leaving the body, you know, going going right. out of the yeah. body, and and <clears throat> but that's the, the the way they do that is you have a if a cameraman on a cherry picker going up like that, and then they swirl around and it's sort of going like this, and he's and there's the music, and that's where dialogue, cinematography, and um, music all came together, and it's like in that moment, that's how you do movies. Yeah, and so that was a childhood thing, but. I didn't go on to do that film director thing. But as a kid, that's sort of like, it was just this like arrow into the mind in that kind of effect from film. You know, different things happen to different people. Right. But um, when you, you were talking about before about getting into theater and they were getting into, into productions, <laughs> what, um, well, going back to when you did your first documentary with The Sign of the Cross, was that... Um, was that what really pulled, like, what was the moment of pulling you into um, film but before you decided upon documentary? Right. Going because, in that direction. Yeah, because I think in the film industry, you have to, you kind of have, like, what is your genre that you're doing? Like, you know, I don't really want to do horror and then do something really serious. I mean, people do that, but I just wanted to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. And I would say there was actually two. One with the, I mean, a couple of things. The, the, when, I, when we did the sign of the cross, I just found it so interesting because um, you just, especially being, being Catholic and growing up it with CCD and everything, so I knew, you know, I, I knew what, it, what I was getting into. But it was just being able to, like, walk into the world and hear things that they've done that I never even thought nuns do. I mean, you know, most people think that, you know, they, you know, they teach school. They, you know, they, they don't even have a choice. Like this is where you're going and this is where you're going to do and you're going to serve the Lord. So, it, you know, that kind of really was so new to me because it wasn't like, oh, like, I don't want to say Hollywood, but it wasn't more like lights, camera, action, let's go. And then with, when I brought up um, Grateful, the Ginny Burbitsky story about the ALS survivor, um, that that's when it really hit me because mm. I remember my dad who I was very close to and he had passed away and before he had passed I remember he, he was in his bed and I crawled in with him and it was one of those most specialist moment because you know he asked me what what are you doing and I said gosh dad my dad was a, a very prominent doctor and um, I come from a family of medical, uh, and here I am doing theater, which was perfectly fine. And my dad was always very proud of me. And I remember I called him in bed, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, Dad, I don't know, because I don't know anything about ALS, but they want me to do this film, and I don't know about it, but I know this lady, and it just sounds like it's so compelling. And he said, Amy, that's your niche. You need to do it. And I said, I don't know how much I'm going to get paid or if, if I even get paid. He's like, you need to follow your heart, follow your conscience. That's what you want to do. And when my dad said that, it solidified me. This is what I need to do. And then it kind of continued because he had passed. And 
I think I might have told you just in passing, you know, when I was doing these crazy, you know, sci-fi movies and all these things, my family supported me, but, you know, that wasn't their cup of tea. So, you know, they would come and I think they, especially some of them, they'd be like, I don't know. And then once I started from the sign of the cross on, I really got the, the respect and the gratification of having my family proud mm -hmm. as well as my friend. But I just had, you know, so many people were contacting me, you know, media, can you do this, this and that. And I just realized, you know, it's, I need to be, life is short. And, you know, we, everyone's dealing with something. So really, if you think about it, the way I live my life is I just want to be kind. You know, I'm not saying that I don't have a mean body, you know, something bad, but it's just, you know, when you, again, like Jenny said, when you, you know, when you give, you receive. And so I would just also have in this industry that I've chosen, I've always just wanted to make it about that person. You know, there's sometimes mm -hmm. you can get somebody and it's got to be about me, me, me. And it's just funny because it's really about that person. Mm -hmm. And when you can tell a story that really reaches the heart or teaches somebody something new, you just, I mean, I can't explain it. You just feel like this, you know, like this gratification and humble that this person allowed you to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And it's an important story. And I will say every one of the documentaries that have done well, and, it, and it's just not me, it's a team of people. Sure. I mean, even like we're here, you know, you've got the crew, the lights, you know, we don't look that good unless we have these, you know, lights and things. So it's a compilation. And so it just makes you feel good that you just have this little crew in a documentary film and you just kind of wing and go for it and do this and that and you come up with something and it, it's just, you just feel like you made an accomplishment and especially, I know I keep saying this, but it's just, I get feedback like, you know, people come up, gosh, you know, I must have, when we did a Jenny story, I think I must have gotten, I am not kidding you, 200 letters right afterwards saying mm. my brother has ALS, mm -hmm. my sister does, my aunt, somebody just passed away, that really helped me. Could I get a DVD, you know, or how, you know, or a Blu-ray, you know, how can I get this? Sure. And so that's where I go back to the nonprofit because, you know, I will say this, when we made that, DVDs were kind of like the end thing before streaming. And um, I remember I was talking to one of my really good friends, who's a, a a well-known person here in Indiana, um, in, in Indiana, and um, you know, I, she said, w "Can I help you with this film?" And I said, "You know, everybody wants a DVD, but we don't have the funds to do it because a lot of people don't realize too that, like, when when I've made these, when I have this idea, okay, I want to make this on addiction or this or that, I have to go out and find the sponsors to pay for it." You know, we have to find people that want to believe in that project and say, I'm going to put some money on that. I'm probably not going to get it back, but I know it's going to do good. And we trust you to make a film that people will see. And so, the, you know, I remember telling her and she said, what do you need? And I said, well, I researched it's about $2,000. And I remember she just reached out, wrote a check for $2,000. She said, you go get those DVDs. And those DVDs we have passed out 
to family members you had mentioned somebody and I was like I've got a DVD yeah, friends, to give you their sisters and yeah. they just a few years ago lost their mother yeah up and, in uh, Wabash yeah and so <clears> you know same way with Addicts Wake I mean you know we have people you know that want to see it so we are making it streaming now is the way to go um, I'm sure these hopefully will get summer right now but like for right now um, there in in Indiana we have a there's a um, an organization that's called Who Docs, and it's it's Hoosier Docs. So, like, if you wanted to, you could go to Who Docs and watch Grateful. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's a small amount of fee, and uh, you know, it's just a great way. And so, I, I I think my answer to your question is, I think it's the heart of the people that I meet mm -hmm. that I get to tell their story, mm -hmm. and I also become their family people I didn't even know and it's just this long bonding thing I mean I get together with Joyce all the time you mm -hmm. know and I didn't even know her um sure and we celebrate Jenny's birthday so it's that that's fabulous <laughs> so it really is personal your filmmaking it's not just a, a sort of a you do the project and you you, you go <laughs> on when I started out as a photographer um and this is kind of going against my own kind. Part of the problem I had with being with photographers, because I'm not that way, is that many, not all, but many, and sorry, I'm not talking about you, <laughs> um, but there were many I just found were, were, were kind of, um, uh, what is it when you're a peeper? Um, what, what, what's that called? Nope. I should know the word, but it's... Um, um, paparazzi? Not paparazzi, but somebody who, who likes to look in on people. Oh, a voyeur? Uh, voyeur. Many <laughs> uh, voyeuristic. And, and what I mean by that is they're cool, they're blocked off, and what they'll do is they'll go and take a picture, gone. So it's like hit and run kind of, it's, it's sort of the hit and run voyeurism, if you will. Does that make sense? That, you know, that makes sense. And I, that's why I, I, I socialized only with particular photographers because <laughs> I was finding too many in my life experience were kind of like that. And that's kind of not where, you know, when you get to know people, you, you, you want to be with photographers who are similar and... In, in, in personality and so forth because of, I mean, you know, we're all exposed to different people, but I mean really having more of your core or people who are really, they're in there, they're, they're going to own up to it. They're not going to just take pictures and run. Well, and that's something, another thing about me personally, um, you know, I have done um, photography for newspapers and publications and, um, you know, I've even been flown out to New York and did a Broadway premiere, which was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> just some of the celebrities I got to shoot. Um, but I think, like, with that is I care, and I think that's what people know about me, I care about that person. Mm -hmm. So I always, like, one time, I'll be honest, one time, I had this fantastic uh, shot, and um, and it was with Sophia Loren. Oh, and fabulous! She, and it was it was the it was like the highlight, and it was funny because afterwards she, it was kind of funny because she kept saying, "Oh, you remind me of my sister. You remind me of my sister," and so she it was kind of funny. So uh, she so we ended up getting a picture at the end, and it was funny because. Normally I don't like my pictures, but I liked the picture, but her eyes were closed and she just didn't look good. And I cared about that. 
And I thought she wouldn't like that if, you know, it was the reverse thing. So I never posted it, but I kept it in my memory. Sure. And I think that when I go to events and I take, you know, I'm not like a photographer that runs into an event, takes the picture, does their job and leaves. I'm more Popular of a person rights. that people, yeah, people, they know me like, hey, there's Amy. And, you know, I have a conversation with them and they trust me that they know if I'm going to put their picture, you know, on the social media or whatever, I take the time to edit it to make sure they look good and really spotlight on them. So I'm, I know what you're saying. There are a lot of people, you know, or, or people just post pictures where you don't uh, look good. Again, that's the, uh, in a way also the, the nature, especially if you're a news journalist, because I start out in news photography, um, as opposed to commercial studio photography and what have you, or events even. Um, events, you have to be more personable, whereas uh, news photography, a lot of time you're on deadline, you've got to go. You get them in there. You get them in there. But I always made a, when I did my newspaper um, jobs, always try to make sure that I, you know, at least connect with them if I was taking photographs. Yeah. You know, you have to go around and get your name. I'm sorry. Your yeah. name is Amy. Can you spell that for me, please? <laughs> you know. Um, I have a trick to that, though. What's that? So, like, sometimes if I have to get everybody's name, sometimes a lot of people just, they'll just take the, <laughs> the piece of paper and the pen and they'll start writing them. So I just say, okay, everybody see? Janet is writing down everybody's name. So if your name's spelled wrong, remember... It's Janet, not me, and they always laugh. You know, and who's Humphrey Bogart here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody's just trying to, you know, kind of have fun <laughs> with the crowd. But yeah, that's a good that's a good practice. Yeah. Um, uh, less and less film these days. Uh, I take it. Do you use uh, film or digital media when you do that? Well, I have to say, when I'm taking pictures, I use a Canon, and I, um, you know, I, I digitally. Uh, it is interesting because nowadays, everybody thinks they're a photographer, but like I can go to an event and use my, you know, my my cell phone. And what I do like about that is it's kind of sad. It's catch twenty two because people are like, "Where's your, you know, your big lens and your camera?" Because you know it makes a big it's thing. That's right. Here. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, "What are you doing that?" But to see, it goes back to the trust because everyone can, you know, they could be taking pictures too. But they're like, "Oh, Amy's taking it." When I see it, I know it will be it will be good. I, I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean. Like they they I know that. I so because I'll go home and crop it, make sure they look good, and edit it. But nowadays, it's it's really interesting because, you know, instead of going back to your computer, sticking an SD card, you know, doing this and that, sitting it in, nowadays you can actually just zoop right there and, and it gets right to them. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's technology. It, it's, I have to say, I, I hate to admit this, but I grew up on the typewriter. I didn't grow up on a computer. I did too. Okay. And so, you know, I try to keep up on things. Um, but as a producer, I don't, like when we did um, the Nancy Noel project, you know, um, Alex, her son, was the director, mm -hmm. and he had all these wonderful, like, footage. Like, I I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to make sure everybody can see this film, but it, I mean, he had, like, eight millimeter, uh, you know, film of his mom that has never been seen before, mm. and it was just so cool, um, but... So he worked on, you know, on the directing and everything. And then Sammy, who lives in London, he was the editor. So I really don't do a lot of the process of that. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the go-getter to set everything up. And then when we have a screening to make sure we have press there to make sure people see it. And what you were talking about sometimes when 
there's a movie and it moves on. I don't do that. Like, so right now, you know, all these other films we did, people have moved on and they're making other films. I'm still doing that, but like right now, somebody's, I mean, I was approached probably by five people. I've got an idea for you. I got this. And I just have to say, no, I can't work on anything right now. My focus is on the Nancy Noel project. Mm -hmm. Because I figure if they, if, you know, this family or whoever did it was, they allowed us to get a, into a window of their home and their heart, it's, it's up to me to make sure people see it. To do it right and, and not do a shallow job. Right. Yeah, that yeah. makes a big difference because, yeah, it's that trust level, as you say, that when you do a project like that, it... When you get in that trust zone, you, you have to follow through. And it's not, I mean, some of the films we worked on is like probably over a $350,000 budget. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, these aren't low budget films. Sure. And so, you know, we want the best, the best quality, the best people working on it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I just, for me, it's about being honest, loyal, from your heart and, and make sure you're making something that they're going to be happy and you're going to be happy. And again, I say this all the time, but life is too short. We have to make something that people are going to go home and they're going to talk about it. They're mm -hmm. going to see a documentary and, you know, spend maybe days. Like I was just thinking about that. What about this? Or, Oh, did you ever think about this? Mm -hmm. It, it starts a conversation. Mm -hmm. And then when you get media involved and all these come, you know, these come apart, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's just like a miracle. It's like magic. I mean, when you mentioned seeing Dr. Shivago, I mean, I remember going with my dad. I think people always laugh because my favorite movies are The Wizard of Oz and I like Jaws. Yeah. And those little sounds yeah. like bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah. And then or the, I, the woman bicycling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, and then the other one is, I mean, I think we remember going to the Eastwood Theater in Indianapolis seeing um, Star Wars. And. Dum, dum, <laughs> You gotta well, get the riff in exactly. there. Exactly. I mean, and then, you know, when you're seeing these movies and you see the magic and, you know, gosh, the lights, the cameras, and like you said, the cinematography and how it's, you know, how Star Wars in the 70s went to right now and it's just you know, AI, all these crazy things that are happening is like you're part of that. And so, you know, and one thing about The Wizard of Oz, I'm telling you, this is so funny, but I used to sit there and be like, oh, watch it in sepia at a black film to the magical when they, you know, when they the go color. to the Oz. Yeah. But one of the things I, I, I had realized is the next time you or anybody watches The Wizard of Oz, look when, when Dorothy is in, you know, walking on the yellow big road and the munchins are coming out. If you look closely, those are like cardboard sets. They're like wood. And all my life I thought, how did they do this magical thing with all these beautiful flowers and stuff? And then it's so funny because every time I was watch it and I look and I was like, I cannot believe it was the magic of sets. Was it on the digital? Yeah. <laughs> digital, it's like, does it different? It's film, different. Film covers a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, that's the, the beauty of film. Whereas uh, digital is like, this is, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I like it yet because, honestly, I, I, I do worry that in our society we are we really rely on computers and things a lot. And mm -hmm. I, sometimes I worry, 
like, you know, if we start doing all this AI, it really could take over actors' jobs or, you know, or people's, oh, sure. you know, I mean, it, it's an interesting, you know, field. And so I think it, with the industry, I think what I've always said is I'm a Hoosier, I'm an Indiana girl, and I just really feel blessed and lucky to live in a, a state that I love and be able to make films um, that make a difference and that, you know, are right here. And I don't need to go to, that, you know, beautiful places. I love going to New York, LA, all these places. But Indiana, our state really has some beautiful places and really good, talented actors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> and we're going to get you at television too. You're going to get me on there, okay? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Yeah, thank it's you been so much. Great having you on. Well, that's it for this episode of the Omnibus Show. Our guest this week is Amy Pawzak. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Carmichael. Today, we're shooting at Feinstein's. We look forward to being with you on our next episode of the Omnibus Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Omnibus Show. If you enjoyed this program, please like, share and subscribe to continue the conversation. For The Omnibus Show newsletter, please sign up at theomnibusshow.com.